Please be seated. Well, church, we are really blessed this morning to have Pastor Andrew, our lead ministry pastor, coming to bring God's Word to us today. So I'd love if you could make Andrew feel really, really welcome as he comes to share with us now. Good. Thank you, Nathan. Let's get a few props coming up here. Um, thank you, Peter. I didn't think one tree was enough, so I thought we'd get another one as well. <laughs> See how we go here. How about that? There we go. Gee, there we go. Awesome. Thanks, boys. Thank you so much. Very good. Can you still see me up here behind everything? Uh, very good. It's great to be with you this morning. Uh, those here, also those uh, watching online, we love having you connect in with us as well. And today we begin a new series in the book of Jeremiah, which we're really excited about. I believe God really wants to speak to us through uh, this message, the message of Jeremiah. I don't know about you. But when you have those moments when you think, I just need to read the Bible and you pick it up, I wonder how many of you think, I'll go to Jeremiah. (laughs) Maybe not many, I don't know, (laughs) maybe not many. Jeremiah is not the one that we might naturally gravitate towards. But I think, actually I'm confident that in it is a word for us today. Because we look at, as we look at the context of Jeremiah, And the message of Jeremiah and the person of Jeremiah, you can see so much that relates to the days that we're living in today. Let me just share a little bit of the context of um, the life of Jeremiah and the world that he spoke into. So he was a, a prophet bringing the word of God to Judah in 600 BC, a long time ago. But at that time, there was a lot of political upheaval in the region. The northern kingdom of Israel had already been overcome by the Assyrians and Babylon was a rising power, also Egypt as well. And in the middle of that, Judah was weak and falling apart. And Jeremiah spoke into this situation and his message was one to call the people back, to turn back to God. Don't trust in yourself, don't trust, they end up trying to trust in Egypt, trust in God. Or, he said, judgment will come. Babylon will come. I've never lived in a nation like this, but when there's a a massive uh, nation like Babylon with power coming for you, the times are turbulent, the future is unknown. And in this series, it's, it's titled Hope for a Future. Hope in the Future. And Jeremiah speaks into this. And it's not just the political situation that was going on. If you look at the community of Judah at the time, one commentator uh, described it as a fragmented community. There were times when Judah or Israel were united in their belief, their belief system, their worldview, how they should live, their society in terms of trusting God, what is right and what is wrong but not at this time. They were very, very fragmented in what they believed. Many were worshipping false gods. They didn't know what was right or wrong. They were uh, sacrificing their own children to false gods. It was, there was evil practices around. And that was the situation that he spoke into, conflicting beliefs. And I wonder in some way if that's the situation we live in today as well. What is right and wrong? 
And Jeremiah is called to be faithful in this season, to speak into this season. And he finds it difficult. He's known as the weeping prophet for two, a few reasons, really. Like one is that he deeply cared for the people, for the nation, and they just were not listening to him. But also because Jeremiah was familiar with suffering in a broken world. I wonder how many people here would say, you're familiar with suffering in a broken world. He was often rebuked. He had opposition to his teaching. There was hostility to what he was saying. And I think his heart or his experience is summed up in this little passage where he cries out to God. He says in Jeremiah 27 to 9, he says, God, you've deceived me. You've deceived me, Lord. I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I'm ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. So he's, he's preaching it and he's just getting nothing but opposition, ridicule. Everyone is mocking him. I'm so thankful I preach here. <laughs> you are very, very gracious. I mean, he, every time he preaches, this is what he's experiencing. But he says, if I, if I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is like a, a fire in my heart, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding onto it. Indeed, I cannot. He's saying, this message burns within me. I can't even ignore it. I've got to speak it out. But every time I speak it out, I'm mocked. And so, so he finds himself lonely with lots of opposition. He's disappointed. He's got lots of unmet expectations, unforeseen trials that come his way. And I wonder if that too may also be your experience in this broken world as well. And the question there is, how do we flourish in the midst of that world or the world that we live in? How can I grow in the midst? How do I remain strong? How do I stand strong in trial? How do I stand against opposition? How can I not be crushed by disappointment or not be anxious or worried? And in the first passage in Jeremiah that we will look at today, we get this most amazing picture of how we can flourish in the midst of this world. I, mean, I just want to pray, actually, as we delve into that passage. Would you pray with me? God, it's true, you've called us to live in these days. You've called us to be faithful to you. You've called us to be strong. You want us to be strong and flourish in our lives. And thank you, God, for your word, your word that is true. And now, God, I pray by your Holy Spirit, you would just speak to us. You would encourage us. You would teach us, enlighten us, draw us to yourself, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to look at this passage in Jeremiah 17, verses 5 to 8. It says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an un, uninhabited salty land. 
But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So there we have these incredible pictures and visuals or visions of uh, our lives, where, what our lives can look like. And I've done my best to depict them here. Uh, when a preacher has to find a um, bush like this, I pray hard. And I was really blessed to find someone who had a bush or shrub tree that was dying and looks like it does. And I was so thankful. I said to them, thank you so much. I'll let everyone know your generosity to help me out. And they said, no, please, (laughs) please don't tell them. Please don't tell them that's from me. Um, But yeah, it wasn't their fault. Actually, someone was supposed to water it. They didn't. And therefore, we have our stunted shrub planted in the desert. That's our first picture or image that we see in this passage. And it says that this Life depicted by this tree, the stunted shrub, it's trusting in human strength. It has turned its heart away from the Lord. And you can see that it's not flourishing at all. It's not going to produce fruit. It's at the mercy of elements. If this tree goes through a drought, you don't give it much hope at all. It has no vitality, no capacity. It's sick, struggling. It's a a weak tree. I don't know. You look at it and you see what you think there are, what words you would put on it. It's actually in the passage, it says it's planted in salty soil, salty wilderness. And uh, what salty land would do is you can't draw up water. A tree can't, through osmosis, draw up water in salty soil. It just doesn't have a chance. Even the water that's there, it's, it's limited in what it can draw up. And that is the first life depicted we, that we have in this passage. Secondly, we have our amazing tree here. I don't know, what, what words come to mind as you look at this tree? Um, I, I look at trees like this and I think immovable. I think strong. Like it's not going anywhere. Although this one might go somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's not staying here. Just promising you that it's not staying here. But big trees, they're not going anywhere. Storms will come, droughts will come, but they will not go anywhere. There's a picture of strength, vitality. It says it will produce fruit. It will always be green. It will always produce fruit. Even when the drought comes or the heat comes, there's no fear, there's no concern because it's anchored in the riverbed. It's planted right beside the water source. And it flourishes. And as you look at those two trees depicting two lives, I, I've just let me just assume, I don't think too many of you are saying, I want to be like this tree. Don't we all want to be like this tree? To be strong. You know, a tree provides shelter and security and safety for people, those around us, our families, those people around us. We want to be strong. We want to create shelter, life for them as well. We want to reproduce. This is who we want to be. So what do we learn about this passage? 
How can we be more like this tree than this tree? And as we look at the passage, the key hinge or the difference between the trees, two trees is what they trust. You see, the first one is trusting in man. It draws strength from man and its heart turns away from the Lord. Someone said to me, actually this one being in a pot, it relies on man to fill it up and you can see what's happened. This one is anchored right near the the stream and it has unlimited resources. It's trusting in the Lord. The, The confidence of this tree or this person is in the Lord. So let's have a look at what trust is. And I've used this illustration before, but it's helpful. Um, Trust is simply believing someone or something to do what they say they will do. So put quite simply, this is designed, this chair is designed to hold me up. And when I trust it, I'm just believing and trusting that it's gonna do what it says that it's gonna do. And as I sit, I don't need to worry I'm just letting it act on my behalf to do what it says it is going to do. That is trust. Another illustration, if uh, I can put it this way, maybe you work with different people, maybe in your family, you, you ask someone to do a task. And I can imagine that you have some people that if you ask them to do a task, you know they will absolutely do it it will be done well and you don't need to worry about it one little bit. It's sorted. They will do what they said they will do. And you might know others that are not so trustworthy where your response might be different. Um, You could imagine if I get a phone call from a friend saying, I'm coming to Brisbane. I wanna stay a night in your home. Do you think I could have a meal, sleep there and move on? And I'm at work, I get this call. They're coming that night and I ring my wife, Natalie, and say, our friend's coming, they need a bed tonight, they need a meal. Do you think you could get the house prepared? Could you get the bedroom prepared? Maybe change the sheets, get a meal. If I asked Nat that, knowing Nat, there's no drums. I would just hang up the phone and know when I arrived home, she would be able to do it. She'll do what she said she will do. I had this thought, I wonder what my teenage boys, they're not teenagers yet, but... Let's say that I was caught at work, Nat was working, I got the same call and I said, boys, my friend's coming, I need you to clean the house, I need you to change the sheets, I need you to cook a meal, I need you to prepare. And they said, yep, we'll do it. Now, I don't know, and I don't want to judge my children, I really hope. But there's just these rumours around that teenagers, teenage boys might not be the best at these type of things. I don't know, we'll see. But in that instance... You know, with Nat, I I don't even worry about it one bit. I just trust her to do what she's said she will do and it's done. You see, if if it's in the boys, there's just sneaking suspicion that if I ask them, maybe they might get distracted. I'm I'm trusting, and I want to trust in them, but maybe they might get distracted. Will they really do it? And all of a sudden, now I'm not trusting them. I'm thinking, maybe I need to go home at lunch and sort this out myself. So you can see where my trust has gone. As soon as I took it from them doing it, I grabbed hold of it, or I might ring a friend, say, do you think you could run around to my place and sort things out for me? As soon as I lose trust in my boys, then I move and I'm trusting in either myself or someone else to do what they said they would do. 
but our trust is always in something. In anything in our life, we're looking to trust something. It's just wherever we place it. And in this instance, it's saying, if you wanna be like this this tree, if you wanna flourish, you wanna grow, you wanna be strong, your trust needs to be in one place. That's in the Lord. But if your trust moves away, and that's what it says, the man who trusted in humans or man, man's strength, his heart turned away from the Lord because you can't trust the Lord and trust man. It's like, I either trust you, God, or actually I'm not so sure, God, I'm gonna take this into my own hands or trust someone else. But you can't have trust in two places. And the man that lived this life had moved away from trusting the Lord and trusted in man. So when we look at the scriptures and we look at the story of Israel or Judah in this instance, or even our own lives, what is it when we see that God is good? We see God is good. We see that he loves us. We see that he's faithful to all his promises. And Israel, they knew that. But so often, even though they knew it, they'd experienced it, they would turn away from the Lord and two other things. Do you know that yourself? I know that myself. How, how come I can know God is so faithful, but so easily I turn and look away from trusting him and trust in my own ability or the things of this world or others and put my trust in them? Well, the answer as we look at this passage is in the next verse. In verse nine, it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So the heart is understood back then as our emotions, our desires, but more than just our feelings, also our our mind, our decision-making. The core of who we are is deceitful above all things. We can be tricked by it. It's wicked, it says here. And our hearts will be looking to trust something. As I said, it's gotta be put in something, but we can be deceived by our hearts. Let me explain this out a little bit further. Sometimes we think of sin as just the things we do wrong, the little things, the the lie here, the cheating there, the bad word here, or sometimes we think of sin that way. But sin is much, much bigger than that. Sin is actually the orientation of a heart to look for life and look for anything outside of God, to trust uh, man, self, and sin to fulfill what only God can fulfill. And it will lead us into lots of different places. Where it will lead you is different to me. We're all different, but... Ultimately, sin is a turning away from God and not a trusting of God for life. So sin will promise us, similar, I'm just gonna use that word promise so we can look at the promises of God and the promises of sin. But sin will say you can have pleasure outside of God. And it's attractive, it's enticing. And what we are doing in that moment is believing that promise to say, okay, I can find pleasure in this rather than God, independent of God, and I'll put my trust in that to fulfill or to bring pleasure. 
But he's saying in this passage, if you do that, if you trust the promises outside of God of sin, it'll lead to this. It's like planting yourself in a salt plain in wilderness. Sin will say you can find significance outside of God. You don't need God. Sometimes this is conscious, sometimes it's unconscious, but you don't need God. You just put your trust and significance in these things, in your own strength, and you'll find significance. And we find ourselves trying to find significance outside of God. Our hearts turned away from God, even unconsciously. And then we wonder why we might feel like this. Sin will say or promise you can find peace outside of God. You can find strength outside of God. You can achieve outside of God. You can solve problems outside of God. But here he's saying, the man that trusts in human strength is like this tree. There's no strength. There's no capacity, no vitality in it. But the good news in this passage, the good news in this passage is where it says that this tree is planted by the river. It's like an external source. If a tree is planted, an external source, an external power has grabbed that tree and planted it by the river, something outside of the tree. And this is where God comes in. This is the grace of God. This is the work of Jesus where he says, let me give you a new heart. Let me cleanse your heart. Let me forgive your sin. Let me give you new life and plant you behind, uh, right into a, a riverbed or a source that will always have the capacity to fulfill you, to sustain you. And that's what Jesus does. Let me read some passages that speak of the work of God on our hearts. In Jeremiah 24, seven, he says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God. They will return to me with all of their heart. Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. What an amazing promise. It comes to the innermost parts of our being to change us from that place, to give life. In Acts 15, it says, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. So as they put their faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to give new life. And the passage that Nathan just read earlier, John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, Jesus says, as scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So how do we become like this tree? Well, it's not in our own strength. It's the the external action of the living God to come inside a human heart to heal that heart. (laughs) I tell you, there's no other way. In human capacity to turn a life around, to turn a heart around, it is only the external intervention of a loving God who says, I've come to save you, I've come to change your heart, to cleanse your heart and to give you new life, life, to make you a new creation, that you can be like this tree and I will plant you right next to a riverbed where you can put down roots to the creator to your father, that you can draw from his limitless 
capacity rather than the strength of humanity. And that is the difference between the two trees. And as we look at the two trees, one other thought I have is, while we see the external results, what you don't see of this tree is where the roots are. These trees are anchored and rooted. The the roots are going deep down into the, the riverbed, into the water. We are called or given the invitation to put our roots, to put our trust to sit and to trust the living God, to put down roots deep into his word, to know who he is, to trust him. Just as I would trust Nat and know that she would do what she says she would do, God promises you that he will do what he says he will do. He will give you a new heart. And I wanna say that this morning. If you are feeling like this tree, if you have tried to live in your own strength or do it your own way apart from God, whether you're here or listening online, I wanna say to you today that God offers you a new heart. And then if you turn to him and admit, I've got a sick heart, I need healing, I need new life, he will answer your prayer. As you turn to him and trust him and ask him for that forgiveness, he will give new life. That is his promise. And you can have a new life putting your roots down into him. There's two ways to live. Two ways to live for all of us and it's where we put our trust. Let me just explain it finally in a few different ways. We can look for significance outside of God. What does that look like in our life? Well, we might believe the promise that if we achieve to a certain level, if we get the right job, if we do all the things to look like this, even this Christian tree, if we do all of these things and tick all the boxes from our own strength, that we will have significance if we look a, a certain way and we, we, we work hard to do it and we're putting our trust in that promise of of the flesh all it takes is for one piece of failure for the people that we hope for or look up to to say one negative word towards us and all of a sudden our significance is gone it's like blown away like tumbleweed in a desert or we can live our lives rooted in the truth of God saying God I am significant because I'm created in your image I'm significant because I'm a child of the living God. It doesn't matter what winds and waves, the heat, the drought, it doesn't matter. My significance will not change because I'm anchored on what you say and who you are. He says, if you can live in that place, you'll become a tree like this. You know, the world might say, or we might believe the lie or, or the promise of sin to say, well, you're only loved if you're lovable, <laughs> you're only loved if you're lovable, if you treat people the right way, if you act the right way, if you do the right things, then you're loved and you're accepted. But again, as soon as one of those things is not done, then all of a sudden you're left with that blown away. There's no strength in that. But God says, you are unconditionally loved. 
And we have the invitation to anchor our heart right in this truth that I am unconditionally loved by God. He loves me at my best. He loves me at my worst. He loves me when I turn his, my, my back on him. He loves me in my mess. He loves me in my sin. He just does not change because God is love. And when we anchor our heart on that, can you see how we become immovable? That love, that, that, that we're anchored into that truth. You know, when we're going through trials and seasons, we could be tempted to believe that, well, you've just got to sort it out yourself. Just work harder, find a solution, just get better. You just got to do it yourself, get it together. Or we can anchor our heart in the reality that God says, God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am forever with you. Cast your cares, cast your burdens upon me for I care for you. That's what God says. And we can anchor our heart, our life, our decision-making, our actions into this place. We can work out the challenges of life and think, well, I've just got to come up with wisdom. I've got to come up with a solution. And, and don't we so subconsciously do all these things? And it's not like we always consciously do it. Subconsciously just think, well, I've just got to sort this out. Just got to come up with a bit of a plan, a strategy. I was talking to Nat last night, saying with parenting, we have these bed chats about parenting. Oh, how do we work this out? Maybe this and this. The times that actually we can see a difference is when we stop and say, God, we can't do it. We need you. Not our own wisdom, not our own strategies. We just need you. We need to trust you. And so we can try and find wisdom and sort it all out ourselves, or we can come. And we can say, do not trust on your, lean on your own understanding. You know, God promises wisdom for us. And he says, you know, if you ask for wisdom, don't doubt, I give it generously. And so he will give us wisdom. So can you see in that two different ways of living, two different ways of anchoring ourselves either to who God is and what his word says to us or in human flesh and the difference will be this tree and today the invitation is there for all of us to say God I want to be like this tree but I can promise you it's not going to be from going okay I'm going to be like this tree I'm going to be better I'm going to be stronger no how does that tree become like that tree it just puts down roots into who God is It just says, God, I wanna know you. God, I wanna trust you. God, what do you say? And it puts down roots into God. It's like it doesn't even look up. The tree just looks down at who God is and as it becomes consumed or connected with who God is, all of a sudden it becomes like this. Whereas this tree is just working hard, doing all that it can with no resources. God calls us to anchor ourselves in him, to be consumed with him, to meet him in his word, to meet him in prayer, and then to center our hearts on who he is. What an incredible promise. What a vision for our lives to say, Lord, help me, help me. How weak are we? Our natural inclination is to to trust our, our heart will take us that way, but we wanna be people who anchor ourselves in God's word.
Would you pray? Pray with me. Lord, I thank you for this incredible vision. I mean, who, who of us would not want to be like a, a strong tree planted by the river? When the heat comes, when the drought comes, when the trials, the temptations, the worries, Lord, they're strong. Lord, this is who we wanna be. And we, I think we can all say, Lord, we can't do it. It's not, it's not gonna be from us. It's not gonna be from our, our hard work or getting better. Lord, it's only you. And so, Lord, we humble ourselves here. We really do. That, Lord, you would help us, Lord, change our hearts, change the affections of our hearts. That, Lord, we would find ourselves consumed with you, trusting you, knowing that you will do it, knowing that you've given us new life. I just wanna pray for any here that maybe you see that picture of that dying shrub and there's, there's a portion of you, part of you that said, well, that's, that feels like my heart. I wanna say, God, God is calling you to trust him. Maybe you've tried to find life or go your own way to do it as best you can. Well, this morning, there's an invitation to trust him, to find new life in him, to become a new creation to turn away from trusting in self and trusting Him. You can do that even in this moment. Just pray and say, God, help me. Heal my heart. Lord, I wanna take you up on that new offer for a new heart, for new life in you. Turn the direction of your life towards Him, to trust in Him. And Lord, we understand there's an invitation for us, for us all actually to be that tree. Lord, how we wanna be strong in the midst of trial, strong when there's opposition, a strength that won't waver, a strength because it comes from anchoring ourselves in you, full of your love for our family and our friends, for our neighbourhood, for our community, Lord. Lord, help us be consumed with who you are. Help us to know you. Help us to be able to trust you and to rest and know that you will do what you say you will do. That what you say is truth and it is trustworthy and we can trust you. We don't need to look for life outside of you. Help us to turn back to you. Help us to trust you, I pray for the blessing of others, Lord God. Lord, we wanna grow in our understanding of how great you are as that source of life. We wanna be people where rivers of living water are flowing out of us no matter what the season. Lord, help us and lead us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you stand with me as we worship and even in that moment, you can just sing these promises, these truths and trust, anchor your heart in who he is. Let's worship together.
prayer of our hearts this morning that we will put our trust in you alone, Lord. We know, Lord, this beautiful picture you've given to us from your word here before us this morning, that when we put our roots down deep into you, Lord, oh, the blessing that comes, Lord, seeing us through all the seasons of life when our trust is in you, great God. Help us, I pray, even this day as we just respond to your word to to re, uh, realign, Lord, our hearts where they need to be realigned, Lord. To renew our trust in you in different areas, different circumstances, different situations. I know, Lord, there's going to be so many different situations and you're going to be calling, you are calling by your Holy Spirit for us in these different circumstances, whatever it might be, just to trust you again. Put our hope in you, not to be tempted to put it somewhere else or distracted to put it somewhere else. But Lord, instead, again, we just say this morning, we affirm our trust in you and in you alone because only you, Lord, are able because you are the one, you're the only one, Lord, who is able to be faithful to every promise that you have given to us. You're completely trustworthy, faithful, always great God. And so, Lord, corporately as your people, we just want to reaffirm this, Lord, how desperately our community, our world needs, Lord, to know hope, Lord, how desperately they need to, to see, Lord, us flourishing and Uh, fruitful Lord and all that happens and so we pray for that Lord corporately again we just want to center our trust in you Lord Jesus and in you alone and Lord individually too Lord we respond to you this morning looking to you great God thank you that you're more than able that you love us so much and so Lord we just we just commit ourselves afresh to you Lord and I pray your blessing over each and every one Lord every situation every circumstance bless Lord lead help Lord reveal your power, your strength, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Just want to say thanks so much for sharing with us today, those online as well. Um, our prayer team be down the front here. They'd love to pray for you. If you've got a situation you'd like prayed for, we'd love to do that. If you're online, just email through to prayer at bridgman.org.au. And don't forget our Connections Lounge up the back here. It's opening up right now. We'd love you if you're new or want to link in just to head to that Connections Lounge so we can introduce you to some others as well. But God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us today.